Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Welcome to another episode of Tuna Town Talks. Um, today I'm here with a good friend of mine, Captain Walter Heathcock. What's going on, Polly? What's happening, man? Yeah, Walter has been an, um, an inshore guy down here in Venice for geez, as long as I've known him, but I'll let him tell us where he got all started and everything. But, um, yeah, uh, Walter's a really good fisherman. He's he's uh, He's got a huge personality, and it's one of the coolest things I think about Venice is, like, all the characters we got down here. <laughs> and <laughs> Walter definitely is one of those guys, and I, I just wanted to – talk to you on the podcast get to know you get to kind of know i really want to get more of the locals on here i've talked to bula and some other guys just to kind of get like man i didn't grow up down here man and i'm sure you know there's a there's a different perspective on things whenever you grew like you literally seen this land change over the years and everything so you know i'm really looking forward to this one um but before we get started guys i want to introduce our uh sponsor yellowfin vodka me and uh walter had just poured up our first drink here oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is some good shit huh oh yeah. yeah look i got some more bottles sitting up there yeah 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 walter <laughs> walter uh drinks this stuff i you know and i just talked to uh jameson on the phone um a little while ago today about it and uh he told me a lot of cool things about it, and one of the things I thought was really cool is that this is like he makes all this stuff from start to finish, and it comes from sugar cane that's that's grown right here in Louisiana. And uh, if you guys want to find a bottle of this stuff, you can find it at most of the, uh, I think he said, uh, Costco's and uh, Rouse's around the New Orleans area. And we're working on getting it here in Venice, so soon we're gonna have this stuff to where you can buy it at the marina or at LZ's or something like that. So, but, uh, yeah, man. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started here. Um, Walter, man, like I want to, you know, you, you grew up down here, man, but I want, I want to know like, you know, wh- wherever you want to start. I mean, I'm sure, you know, like fishing and everything is just kind of mm-hmm. a way of life down here. Like, like, isn't it like for most people? Like, yeah. Just like a- fishing all field. So when I grew up, all field was real big. Fishing was real big. Um, my dad would take me trawling fishing mullets, doing illegal stuff out there, and I didn't even know it. But he was – my dad's drugged me all around this marsh. Yeah. And the stuff that I've seen change from this place, from when I was a kid, from when we used to play hide-and-go-seek at night in flatboats right here in the back, and it was all little bays and canals. Mm-hmm. So what it is now, everything's just wide open. And if you ain't got – when it's blowing, if you ain't got a big enough boat down here – it ain't like the little flatboat days. Right. You're going to get in trouble. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. Everything, I mean, that, that's kind of the same thing back home and everything, too. Like, everything just kind of gets stricter over time. And, uh, yeah, I can I can only imagine, you know, back in the day. What, was your dad, like, commercial fisherman? Yeah, commercial. Really? All that. Yeah, he was all, that's what he did to support me. And he had airboats. And right, back right. in the 80s, he had tugboats and crew boats. But. Is your dad still around? Oh yeah, yeah. he's he lives right down the street. I think have I met him? Probably so. I might imagine I met him. Yeah, probably so. Cool. He probably he'd be a good one to talk to too. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, a little bit about me. Um, I went to every school in Plaquemines Parish except 
for Port Sulphur in Phoenix. Really? Graduated from Bell Chase. <laughs> um, straight out of high school, when I was still in high school, and straight out of high school, I worked for Strike Zone Charters. Oh, really? So I forgot how long I worked for them. And then – What got, years was that? Was Did you work with, like, um, Jordan? I know Jordan worked on, like, Strike Zone for a little while. I can't remember all the people's name from back then, mm-hmm. but it was around 2003, 2004. Oh, wow. That was a long time yeah. ago. Wow. So, I mean, I worked at Cypress Cove, too. I mean, when I was in middle school, maybe. Mm-hmm. I might have been – I forgot how old it was. But I worked at Cypress Cove, so I've been around all these marinas all my life. Yeah. But um, so from there, I uh, ended up having a kid, so I had to go get a real job, you know, one with insurance and all that other stuff, you know, that you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> the so, comfortable stuff, right? Yeah. So I ended up going in the oil field, and I did everything from wireline to working on drilling rigs to production. And production is where I stayed the most time in. I mean, all that other stuff, I kind of did it here, you know, a little bit, little, you know, kind of yeah. bounced around until I found what I wanted. Right. And then, so production, I worked, I flew all over this golf. I worked on a lot of platforms from being over to production on a drilling rig to having my home, you know, as far as like my home platform out there. Really? And then also, I worked in a bunch of these inshore areas. So when I worked in Grand Bay, I used to take my shrimp boat over there to work, and after work, I'd jump on the shrimp boat and go right there and in Uritich and all that in the hole and all that, and I'd go make an hour or two, and by the time my shift was up for the week, you know, my seven days was up, I'd go sell the shrimp. But, I mean, I would do it towards the end of the week to where the shrimp's only like three days old, and I'd make me an extra paycheck while I was at work. Right. So... <laughs> When BP hit, I ended up quitting the oil field, running my shrimp boat, working that, did all that. After BP, I went and bought a big shrimp boat. Really? Which, yeah. Shrimping ain't easy, I can promise you. <laughs> so You know, you know I've, I've never been shrimping before. Like, oh, it's fun. I, it's I, fun. Could, I, I, I could mean, imagine it was, especially. It's a rush. I, I mean, think, like, I, I want to go. Like one day yeah, just I mean, to kind of see what it's like. Yeah, it's, I think they cool. could do a charter, a shrimp boat charter down here, and you can make when I get, make a killing. When man. I get my buddy Snake down there, we're gonna go. We'll you gonna do ride, it? We're gonna take a ride out there and go make a couple drags with them. Yeah. But what? so I bought that big shrimp boat, and I mean, I went full time shrimping for probably six years. And so when I bought the boat, it was in a the prices were in a low. And I rode that low all the way up to the highest high to where a ten fifteen was worth twenty five cents, mm-hmm. and you're making eight ten back basket drags of ten fifteens. You're on the top of the world now, because I mean you got to figure each shrimp's twenty five cents. Wow, that's how high the prices got. You know, you average out the prices. So, so like how much? I mean, I mean we would we would go out and no less. Each trip, no less than five thousand each, like three days. Wow! But we was breaking ten, fifteen, eighteen, twenty thousand in four days, stuff like that. When the shrimp was really given. Holy cow! So, and that's when the prices was up on the high, high. 
Right. Then the bottom fell out. And what year was that? Whenever the the shrimp prices, I hear like I don't know anything about this, but seven I hear years y'all ago, about something like that. I for, I forgot what it was, but so the bottom fell out. So my last year, you know, do all my paperwork, look at it. I'm like, man, I could have worked at McDonald's. You know, by the time everything was over with and money set up, I'm like, I could have worked at McDonald's and made more money than this without all the bullshit. Right. So. So it's time for a change. Time for a change. Didn't really know anybody for us, like, to help me out and, you know, with the chartering or anything. Nobody was like, hey, go buy a boat and you're going to work. Right. Didn't have none of that. So I'm like, all right, I know these waters. I'm a fisherman. I know a few people. I'm jumping headfirst into this. Bought a boat. You know, I already had captain's license since way back. And it's something that I wanted to do ever since I was – 18 i wanted yeah. to god and so from 18 until you were how about how old 30 i don't know what 30 30 30 something like that i don't know right and um dove head first into it and i said i either gotta go get a job nine to five or i gotta make this work mm-hmm. and my buddy i know you know ryan lambert I've heard of him, yeah. Never knew the guy. Never, I heard of him, whatever. Talked to him on the phone one time. I was like, look, you know, I'm from here. Can you, you know, give me a chance? He's like, all right, you know, like come to work tomorrow or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. to, to go fish. So I went out there, you know, and did it, did it, did it. And he gave me the chance from me not knowing nobody to be a god yeah i kind of lost where i was going no no no, no that's cool <laughs> man no it's really cool that like that's how everybody gets like their first chance that happened to me yeah. too like somebody you know like as a deckhand like sometimes you know you don't have a whole lot to offer and sometimes i mean when like, i tell you he put me to work that. he put me to work i was fishing every single day and you know taking tips from this one taking tips from that one on what to do yeah. And then figuring it out on my own. Yeah, and, I mean, but like, that's you, what I, you're a fisherman at your heart. Yeah. I mean, like, your dad was a commercial fisherman. Yeah, we, we fished mullets. We fished with cane poles. We fished rod and reel. He's got a big snapper permit. So, I mean, he's still, you know, oh, fishing. Okay. He does. Mm-hmm. He did, I've seen y'all do those mm-hmm. uh, snapper holes. Mm-hmm. All that. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. I bet there's a lot you can learn, too, about, uh, fit, like, like, shrimping. As far as like the way that the the things change throughout the season, because like, you know, like oh yeah, you don't always see the shrimpers there, and like you know, whenever things are supposed to be right in a certain area, as far as bait goes, and thing, you know, yeah, like I that. mean, if you find it's shrimp- all good knowledge. Like I'm sure you might you might take that knowledge for granted, but like somebody like me that's never grown up here, like you got a huge advantage over anybody that hasn't. You know what I mean? So I mean, everything eats shrimp down here. Yeah. So if you find the shrimp boats, if you find them, you know, where they're hanging out, mm-hmm. well, they must be catching shrimp. Like if you see them sleeping in the daytime in the canes, well, they must be catching shrimp somewhere around here. So they must have bait. Right, right, right. So there must be fish somewhere, somewhere around. Somewhere around where the shrimp are. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in this big old giant area. There must be fish somewhere. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool, man. So like, um, like the whole mindset behind – like, you know, going out every day and you having to, 
fish for, you know, like every fish is like a, a paycheck basically to like mm-hmm. the, it's more about the experience, right? Like yeah, as far as the, the client and like, you know, I, I like, I like to see people fish. I like to see people light up about this place for their first time seeing it. Or it might be their 20th time down here and it's still, it's like their first time. You know what I mean? And yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I I'm think... the same way, too. I mean, every time I leave the marina, it's like a new adventure, brand new. Like, look, what are we going to see today? What are we going to catch today? I mean, because, I mean, sometimes you catch some crazy shit. Ain't no or doubt, some man. crazy shit happens, you know, like <laughs> fishing-wise, and it's just like an epic day. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> is, like, man. It's it, like it's pretty cool job that you're literally – you know, catching people on their best day and they want you to provide them with a, a cool experience with a place that you love and respect. You yeah. know, I mean, it's a, it really is an awesome job, man, to, you know, to do it. And, and they like, get to unwind. With, I mean, they it's okay. These people in an office, big boss man breathing down their throat all week long. Yeah. And then they finally get down here and it's like spring break 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is sometimes, so, man. Yeah. Hey, so, and, I and they'll go dive into those bushwhackers, bro. <laughs> I tell them people all the time. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're going in and get some bushwhackers." I'm like, <laughs> "Go ahead." <laughs> if you guys don't that. know what we're talking about, the bushwhackers at Venice Marina are outrageous. I think like, they put roofies in them, dude. It's nuts. <laughs> I, I, dude, I literally had this this customer not long ago, like had a few of those things one night and like oh, ended his whole you. thing with like everybody he was with drove <laughs> back to South Carolina. <laughs> but dude, I told him, I was like, dude, Mm-mm. they need to stop serving those things. They're like, literally like they need to put a limit on them. Yeah. <laughs> they do. But six like one, them. one will do it though. They this really thing with Six of them will do. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And if y'all go to the Marina, go get a margarita handmade. And make sure you tell the waitress that, you know, it's coming from Walter. That's where you learned it. And they'll they'll look at you real nice <laughs> when they're going to hand make it. That's funny. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so, like, whenever you were commercial fishing or even when you still do it now, is that whole mindset, is it – is it just as fun for you to go out there and just try to catch a mess of fish, or do you get mm-hmm. you f- do you feel like it's just like a it's just different? You feel like it's just it's still fun, but or do you or do you think you like the guiding aspect of it better? Uh, I'm I'm a fisherman, so when I go out there with my clients, I want to be satisfied. I'm going out there to satisfy myself too, because. I mean, you know how it is. Bite suck. You kind of you down. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to be that way. You know, yeah. I want to make yeah. sure that I'm, the goal at the end of the day is I'm to just catch like fish. that customer because I go put myself in in other people's I, other people's shoes. Yeah. So I go different places, and when I go, like, dude, I say the same thing all yeah. the time. But continue, like, I know, like when I went to Oregon to go fishing, I stepped on the guy's boat. And I said, "Hey, I got natty lights." And I can care less if we catch a fish today. <laughs> Just like that, you know? Just like that. <laughs> if we catch one, great. Yeah. If we don't, oh, well. And guess what? That's the and vibe that catches the most. I was – well, we didn't really catch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but we caught a couple little things. Well, we didn't catch no salmon. But, I mean, I had binoculars, and I was looking all up into the into the ledges on the mountains and stuff just – 
just looking around. I was amazed. Yeah. First time mm-hmm. I've ever seen that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And these crazy ass people up there. You <clears throat> ever been up there? To where? Oregon? To Oregon. No. To, uh, what is it? Uh, Gold Beach? I'm supposed to try to go up to Idaho this year. Them suckers are nuts. One of them almost wiped me up, so they troll with their poles hanging out, and they all got like 250 tiller handles. You know what I mean? <laughs> With a three horsepower kicker on side of it. They don't even I'm telling you, I went down here and I'm like, that's a two fifty with a tiller handle on it. I'm like, what the hell? You know? Like that's wow. Crazy. Like how do you get this? <laughs> so So we fishing and shit up there and uh all of a sudden I got my back turned, you know, we're trolling. Some dude just come down current. And as, as I turned around, they got a fishing pole coming at my head. He just, like, wiped us out. Just come through, and they all like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> what the hell? They're, like, really close to each other and stuff. Huh? Oh, yeah. It's, like, real close. Wow. Like, tangling lines and stuff. It's, they get, what? Oh, they'll run into each other. They'll start fighting <laughs> out there. I swear. Dude, that's crazy. You know, that's something I always wanted to talk about on here. Um, I've thought about several times and just never have, but like, do you feel like, like, you know, like as a fisherman, I had to experience this the other day, granted I wasn't around anybody. I went tarpon fishing for the first time, mm-hmm. but you know, like whenever you pull up somewhere and somebody else is fishing, you don't really know what being a dick is sometimes, <laughs> you know, like, like the other person in the other boat like if you pull up and fish next to them in a certain way, like so, like sometimes like if I'm fishing rocks, like I could give a, a shit less as long as like I can't hit your boat with my rod, right? Like yeah. if, as long as I can't cast and like hit your boat or whatever. If I'm fishing rocks, but like some people will get like mad about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like everybody's like perspective is like a lot different as far as like what it what is being that asshole? Because there's more and more boats out on the water every day and like. What do you think is like the uh like the biggest asshole move to do? Like as for instance, like if you're fishing a rig and a rig's kinda out there all by itself and there's other boats out there, should those other boats fish that rig or should they move on? Like what uh, is the <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story and you almost hit the nail on the head about the rig, the only one out there and all this other stuff. Yeah. I'm not gonna mention no names. I mean, every all of us have been in these situations. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody's yelling at you, and is, you don't feel like you're being an asshole, but, but they is, think you're being an asshole. So, but this is a this was a total dick move. So had a tough day, trying to catch slots. You know, it was one of them. Uh, but we'll let's go try to catch bull reds. Couldn't find no bull reds. All freaking sharks. So I'm like, hey guys, y'all ever caught a triple tail? They're like, no. I don't even know if they knew what it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. Took off, and they got one single well out in a radius of freaking, I don't know how far, but it's only one well. Right. And clearly, I'm running to that well. Mm-hmm. Well, I slow down before the well because I got to take my bull red rigs off and, and re-rig. And tie some stuff up, yeah. So I'm doing that, and I, but I'm on a hard squat going straight for the rig. Mm-hmm. And my customer said, hey, look at that boat way out there. So <laughs> the boat was running this way and went straight to that one <laughs> dang one platform. Right. So 
he pulls up and he's like, <laughs> whatever. And I'm just over there just grinding my teeth, mm-hmm. you know, trying to tell my customers. Well, they hook up to like three of them and lose all of them. We hooking up to hard heads, you know, and we watching these big old triple tail get loose on side of us. And I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, what a dick that came from way, seeing me going to this and race me to it, you know, mm-hmm. like that. So when I left from there, I went to the next one where he passed up mm-hmm. and ended up smoking them. And he when we talked about it, but we we ain't going to mention no names. I know. Uh, we won't mention no names. I think I remember the instance. Though. <laughs> I think I was out there those days. We're friends now. <laughs> I like him. He's but cool. no, it's, it's funny, though, because, like, I guarantee you what it was was, like, Y'all are both fishing a rig or whatever. Y'all are both fishing, and then y'all see one off out in the distance, and y'all both thinking about it, and one of y'all jumps to it before the other. And it's like, now who's entitled to it? Y'all are both. Yeah, we both like me. What if it was it. me and you? Take out the other guy. Mm-hmm. What if it was me and you? But it was the way he did it. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, I get that. Like, It wasn't like, you know, we both, you know, hey, what's up? So get this, like the other day in the cane pole tournament. <laughs> so the other day in the cane pole tournament, um, um, we really, we really wanted to talk about this cane pole tournament. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. trying to think of the Let's best way to, to do that. this. <laughs> the cane pole tournament is badass. So if all of you yes. guys that don't know, um, oh, just to like yeah. kind of inform you guys, um, Bill Butler, cause y'all might've heard him on the podcast once before and I'm going to have him on again real soon, but he Decided to put on the first ever annual cane pole rodeo for Venice. And uh, it was really cool. I've fished cane pole before with a good friend of mine, Craig Brumfield. That's a local artist um, from, from uh, Mississippi, where I'm from. And uh, decided to come down and do it. And I can't wait to hear how Cuz decided to put this <laughs> thing on and everything. I don't know what, where he got this idea. But... This is without a doubt. I mean, I don't fish many tournaments, so I, I can't. I don't know how to relate to people that do fish a lot of There's tournaments. There's no alcohol involved in making up this tournament. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, man. It it really was. You had like you know some some really cool people come out, and you had to rig up you know your cane pole and and do it and everything. And that's one thing I will say with bringing Craig. He had three cane poles that had already been rigged up and everything, and everybody else had to rig theirs up that night. So I felt like we had a little bit of advantage, cause we had a, he he had like tested all his stuff before. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that that's how it'll be next year. Everybody's gonna be better. It'll it'll mm-hmm. be it'll be really cool. But I can tell you that I feel like everybody that caught a fish on the cane pole, it was like catching your first whatever it was. Like my cobia, we caught a 34 pound four ounce cobia it was a rush huh oh my god man (laughs) but we we fished we fished literally you know all day and on the way in hard too huh hard man i'm telling you like all day and then we we were heading in at like four o'clock and me and craig were both looking over at this one little pipe you know we we said we were heading in like this was done like we had already said you know last spot like three times Wait, one more, <laughs> one that more. Good. And we pulled up there, man, and we hooked into that thing, and it, it was so funny the way it happened too, because like we were pulling up, and I was like, "Man, we just we've been wanting it too bad all day. Like we don't mm-hmm. care if he's here or not." And sure enough, he pulls it out there the first time, and three of them swim out. I was like, <laughs> "Oh," I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." And then 
whatever. We got him or whatever. But, uh, yeah, guys, definitely, like, catching your first fish all over again. It's like, you know how people say, like, oh, my first bull red on the fly rod. Well, y'all caught some bull reds. I haven't caught a bull red on a cane pole. Did you, didn't y'all catch some bull reds yeah, on a cane had, pole? We had, um, I think we hooked up to seven or eight of them. And they was either straightening the hook or just spitting the hook or popping the line. Really? I mean, I had 130 to 80. Really? So I had to on a cart. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's a rush. It is. It's a rush. When that bull red hits because they're so fast, I'm going to know that lemon fish, he, was probably took, he probably freaked out as soon as they oh, yeah. hit him. And it's just like, hold on. <laughs> I watched my partner, John, he almost got pulled off the boat like three times. Yeah. Like, lifted him up off his feet like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm serious. I'm like, yeah. But Dude, I will say that, like, that's probably the hardest thing with the cane pole is getting all your terminal tackle right. Like, you can't have a weak hook. You can't have, like. No, you gotta and I hope everybody takes the time because, like, if you do take the time to, like, figure that out, like, you end up mm-hmm. with the best stuff. Like, it really is cool the way that those. To me, the cane poles worked freakishly good. If you had, like, because. We were using, like, a 250-pound braid and then going to, like, you know, with the mangroves. Did y'all catch any mangroves? No, we didn't even go for that. Yeah. Well, it's like, it was just seemed to me like the mangrove would, like, try to turn his head. And if you hold that cane pole out straight, it was like it would bend and it would only go so far and that fish would have to turn his head. Yeah. And it would come right out. But if you, like, use a regular rod... It's like you always put either too much or not enough because you don't know if it's 10 pounds or or 2 pounds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I don't know, with the mangrove fishing, I was like, this this thing's better. It is. <laughs> it was better. I, I really felt like it was. I mean, like, I, I, I'm probably going to have a cane pole on my boat here. <laughs> this I mean, so growing up, we fished sheephead with cane poles. Really? So, I mean, I've done caught. A lot of fish on a cane pole. Really? But in this tournament, that one sheephead that we tried to catch for, what was the turn? Two days. We caught it on the second day in the evening time. It was like the first one I ever caught. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, I mean, we used to almost sink boats with sheephead when we'd fish them at the rigs in the wintertime. Yeah. Cane pole, smash the barb, flip them in, they spit the hook. Yeah, yeah. Put another shrimp, and it's just like you got three people on a boat, and you just steadily slinging fish <laughs> in. The boat fills up quick. Yeah. But the speckle trout, we caught it. John caught the speckle trout. Mine knocked off on the side of the boat. But, really? I mean, like we high-fiving. The speckle trout's 14 inches, you know. We high-fiving and, hell yeah, screaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the – it, it was great. It yeah, was fun. It was fun, man. No doubt. It was a it was a challenge. You catch a bull red on a cane pole, intentionally. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It, it's fun. Dude, we need to go out there and do that again. I'm about to have <laughs> yeah. mine. Like me and you should go out there one day and like fine tune it. You know what I mean? Get it right. Because well, like I want to do I want to I want to do it with clients. Like if a client tells me like, you know, because I get people all the time that come with me, man. I, I don't know stuff. if it's because I don't know if it's because like I, I do a lot of nearshore stuff. You know, I do a lot of mangrove and, like, that, that kind of stuff. And they always say they want to do something different. And, it like, what would you think about doing a cane pole charter? Like, leaving everything else at the dock, just doing cane poles. Yep, and it is what it is. It is what it is. 
<laughs> it is what it is. And if you catch some big fish on a cane pole, I mean, that's just, I don't know, man. It's cool. Like, it's kind of like it's more primitive, right? It's just like hunters with rifle versus a boat. Yeah. You know what I mean, mean, John's been down here a bunch fishing with me all over the place. And, I mean, first time he ever came down here on a trip, I think we put, like, 266 pounds of fish in the boat one evening. Wow. Like with the cane poles? No, 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 fishing poles. Fishing poles. So that's what I'm saying. He's been down here. He's caught a lot of fish. I mean, one time we left the marina, and it was about a 30-minute run. Mm-hmm. We was going like 48 minutes. No. Whatever that is. We was going an hour and something, but it was like a 30-minute run, like mm-hmm. an hour and a half. We caught them fish. We're seeing how fast we can get back to Marine. I forgot. He knows the numbers, but. <laughs> that fast. But he, and he caught them fish on a cane pole, and he's like, I want to do this. Like, when I come down, I want to do this. Yeah. You know, and he's never been fishing down here before he's came mm-hmm. fishing with me. He's dude, I'm doing that in fish. the springtime. In the yeah. springtime, when then, oh, dude. Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> that's fun but you know like as a charter as a charter captain too it almost makes more sense because it's it doesn't make sense to me like well i mean like if you're i don't know i guess you get so booked that you're you're good you want to make it harder but <clears throat> as a charter captain you got to make it really easy for for your customers like for your clients you want it to be extremely easy for them so yeah. That. So they satisfied, and they got their meat to go home with. Yeah, and like, but give them a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, a challenge at the same time, but it's not frustrating because, like, that's what one of the things that I've learned, and I didn't really notice it when I was like first getting started with my boat. But like, whenever a customer is getting frustrated, they're not having fun. Right. And so, like, if somebody's not good at casting, like. I mean, you can help people, and, like, I get people trained up really good, mm-hmm. but there's some people, man, like, they would be better off with a cane pole. I really Probably think so. so. Like, they, if they could just hold it out, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, when the fish are right there, they could just Yeah, hold they're it right out. there. They literally are right there, but they spend more time fumbling with the reel and getting tangled in wind knots and everything else than they do actually fishing. Or throwing it forward <laughs> in the canes. <laughs> Look, you, you don't have to throw it that hard. Watch. <laughs> It's just a little flick. <laughs> Don't hail marry it. Man, do you like take the time to like uh like tell your customers what's going on? Like oh yeah. Throw it there, you know, pop the cork. Oh, they get a stuff. whole history lesson, fishing really? lesson. Really? Really? Nature tour and all that yeah. shit. Really? I bet you can Let have like a little pack it all in one. You pack it all in one little yeah. thing. <laughs> I bet that's one thing that like it's hard to get like, a lot of the history and stuff that some of the locals, like, I hear some of y'all talk about, you mm-hmm. know, some of that stuff down here. And that's a lot of knowledge that, like, I just, I don't have. And it's hard to find out, um, like, to know more. But I always thought that that's probably a, a different aspect of the, to the guides that are from down here than, like, guys like me that aren't from down here. I'm sure you guys were, I don't know, some people feel certain ways about <laughs> guys that are, aren't from here for sure. But, uh, you know. That is that is a cool thing that you can bring because, like, I'm sure you know, like, you know, some of the history. And, and I mean, there's there's even, like, old – there was a, a, a military base down mm-hmm. off of Burwood at one point. That's huh? what I was telling my customers today. So they was asking 
about that area mm-hmm. and i was like yeah it's that was a i said they used to have houses here matter of fact my friend jared's grandma's from down there yeah that's what jared was telling jared me told, yeah jared told me they used to play um like belize uh pilot town they all had like baseball leagues and they would all play each other and they would travel to their little spots over there and they'll go play baseball and stuff and really wow uh there was just like a lot more land back there then oh yeah it was i could show you i think that that well is still out on the outside of burwood out there they used to have a catwalk that went to that well and the, you could look at that well and you're like no way but the beach was so much way over there, there. Yeah. and actually i think that well was drilled on the land and then it eroded away, so they built a catwalk to it, I think. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a uh, – the amount of land that that you'd see change over the years, I mean, I'm sure that's changed the, the way that you've – I mean, they said that the trout fishing back before Katrina was way better, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, they had the mud lumps, all that back then. Where did you did you trout fish and do that kind of stuff back then, or you didn't really? No, not really. You didn't really start doing that kind no, of stuff. I, would, so I mean, we would or... catch some monster trout in the gill nets. Like, <laughs> I'm talking some monsters. Really? But I mean, we would never we would never catch like when we was mullet fishing, we might catch one or two. Right. It was never no loads of speckled trout. But the one or two that we would catch would be freaking hammers. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> cobs <laughs> but the mud lumps they produce i guess they was real rich with nutrients and all that and everything wanted you bait and everything wanted yeah, to be around ones, it yeah, huh? and then all the other fish would follow in wow yeah i never got to see the mud lumps that was pretty cool they said they just I caught the end of them really used to see them coming mm-hmm. up through the water wow i'd like to see that i remember the the uh lighthouse and was at Jackass Bay, the brick lighthouse. My dad pulled up to it one time, and I pulled a brick out of it. And I used to have that brick, and I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a brick lighthouse, and <laughs> Katrina wiped that out. Well, do you <laughs> – sorry, guys, if you all hear noise, that's uh, Milo. So this is uh, uh, Walter's dog. But um yeah, do you remember like um was was it was did do you think your fishing passion came from like a really young age? Like what what was your first some of the first things y'all were doing? Whatever. Oh was yeah, we wanted a shrimp. I wanted a shrimp boat so bad. Really? And like all through like, like high school and stuff. Oh yeah, you? that was the thing. I that wanted, was that was what you was planning on doing the whole oh, time. Oh yeah. <laughs> really? I mean, like I wanted a shrimp boat. <laughs> like <laughs> I wanted to be do. in the water. Like my friend Bubby. I had my first little shrimp boat. Me and my friend Chris. Uh, we used to go out in it all the time. We had the net in the wheel more than anything. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we would catch shrimp sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, it was like this old tri-haul fiberglass boat that I found sunk that I pulled up, and I was so excited about it. I sanded this thing down, cut out all the junk out of it, and we ended up going to Cypress Cove and buying a 48 Enduro Yamaha. Really? Yeah. And that's they used used to sell motors at Cypress. So, when you would be skimming, I put skimmer frames on it, put the rig and got nets built for it and everything. This is like a 16 foot tri haul that you'd get in three foot of water and you'd be 
stuck, you know. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't much. It wasn't made for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, every time you go to turn, it's like the whole boat would, like, lean over sideways like that, and it would roll on that V. And it seems like if you would turn hard every time, the net went in the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Bubby, my friend Bubby, you probably know Bubby. Uh, yeah. Reno. Yeah, Bubby Reno. I actually yeah. went to captain school with Bubby. Yeah, he Long had time. he had this little. I think it was a, a fourteen foot Carolina skiff with a twenty five on it. I think. Really. And he had little skimmer frames on that. Man, we used to go out in the bayou and play hide and go seek at night. All my friends. <laughs> really, had, you go out in the bayou and play hide yeah. and seek. <laughs> that no, sounds like so no much fun. No running lights, no GPS, no <laughs> that, no spotlight, that nothing. Really? Uh, yeah, we would be out there, but we'd always find each other. But that's how many little cuts they had back then and everything. Yeah. But all my friends, their dads had anchor boats and stuff, you know, that would hold the tide. And they'd just go drop them off on it to work <laughs> the anchor boat. And we'd be out there. It was mostly we was out there screwing <coughs> off all night long. Right, right. And we had the time of our lives out there. <laughs> that's back then when, you, uh, when they had the Nokia's with the the light-up cases and stuff. If somebody, you could see one of your friends over there, like on one of the anchor boats, talking on his phone, he'd be up in the rigging, and you could see the, <laughs> the phone lighting up, like, <laughs> through the marsh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's funny how, like, some of the times, like, whenever you're growing up, you don't realize it at the time, but it's yeah. going to be, like, some of the best times of your life, in a way. You know what I mean? You know that straight canal? <laughs> the times that you never You know that straight forget. canal when you come out the dome? Uh-huh. And you're going, like, to Beerus? Yeah, yeah. And they got that little wellhead right there? Right, right. That's where we used to always kneeboard to. Really? We, yeah, like, we would climb on that and hang out on that. We had a ramp right there where that piece of land sticks out. We used to jump. We used to sling each other into canes. <laughs> I mean, we're lucky we didn't get hurt. Dude, I remember when I first got my boat, I brought my damn... I think I had a kneeboard and something I used to use back at home because we used to. I grew up. My parents live on the Bayou growing mm -hmm. up, and we used to take. My dad bought us like a 15 foot skiff, and we would take it and we would just tear it up all yeah. the time. And I, I remember coming down here thinking, man, like, man, we need to go do that on the off days, and nobody, <laughs> nobody ever does it. But y'all actually do that kind of stuff, like. Oh, not no more. I heard no myself. more. <laughs> I ain't doing that. No, I probably wouldn't do it anymore either. This was years ago, but you're right, though. No, back when you that age. That, I mean, that's back when I was a teenager. Teenager, yeah. You know, and that's where we used to just tear it tear up. It up. <laughs> hey, man, I've been out with uh, Bubby on the, the canal and stuff before. Hey, man, he's he's fearless, man. He grabs gators, does all that stuff like you guys do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bubby's good. He grew up here. He's, he's a bayou rat. Yeah, he he's still shrimping, isn't he? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, he's shrimping. Been trying yeah. to get him to start guiding. I know, dude. He would be a great I guide. I told him that. So he'd be <clears> good, he really man. would be. He really would be. He could even do, like, I feel like there's so many different things that that we could do instead of, like, doing the exact same thing that, like, everybody else is doing. Like, he could just take people out in the afternoons at nights and stuff and grab gators and stuff and show them that kind of stuff, man. Like, I don't know. That people want something like we were talking about earlier. Different. They want something. Then he's got different. a shrimp boat out there with somebody running it. Sometimes, most of the time, he could run people out there and put yeah. them on the deck of the shrimp boat for an hour or two. And yeah, instead of having to worry about the prices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Man, like, screw all that. <laughs> yeah. Man, like, um, <clears throat> with with um, 
I don't think I what's up. So like um one of the questions I always like to ask the guests on the on the podcast is like what more do you think we could uh further further do to um like help protect our resource as far as like conservation goes? Do you think that like we have done a great job? Do you feel like um wildlife and fisheries is really good at what they're doing as far as regulating it? Do you feel like they're like what more do you think there could be done as far as like getting better as far as conservation goes? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I ain't picking at the wildlife. Yeah. I ain't, I'm not saying pick at the wildlife, man. I'm just saying, like, you know, as far as, like, do you feel like the limits and stuff that they have set are, like, good? Like, do you, like some people feel like... I mean, they could drop them. It don't matter to me. It doesn't matter I mean, to you? No, it don't matter. They could drop them. I think they need to be dropped, but... Like like 25 trout or, yeah, like, I mean, you could drop captains that not keeping their, their yeah, limits. Yeah, and that's what I like usually do every trip. That's what I tell my people when they, like, oh, yeah, how many you allow? Well, you allow five apiece. Oh, that means we get 20. No, that means you get 15. Yeah. I mean, I tell them that... See, that's what I'm talking about. And this about. is what is I tell them. I'm like, so look at it this way. If I take my five fish... Every single day that I'm fishing for a whole year, how much fish is that? Right. You know, <clears throat> that that little bit of fish that I took could have been producing yeah, <laughs> a lot more than what I would have took. You know, I mean, so that's how I look at it. Right, right, right. And I've done the math before, too, man. Like, save so much fish. I've I've done that, too. I don't, you know, I, I tell all my clients, I explain to them why, you yeah. know. You know, it, the, that's the, what I tell them too. I said it's like shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Just like I told you with the neutrals, you know, they allowed six a person or five a person. Mm-hmm. It ain't no need to go if you on a you shooting yourself in the foot. If you on a guided trip and you're trying to do this for a living, you shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Exactly. Same way with the fish. So. Let me ask you this then, like commercial fishing in a way, like you show up to somewhere and the idea is to get as much as you can, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that 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 hurts the fishery more the way that commercial fishermen fish compared to the way that recreational fishermen or like charter fishermen No, because usually they're targeting the fish they're targeting. And I've seen the mullets like turn the water black for miles and miles and miles. Mm-hmm. And there was really no, t- I mean, we done caught hardheads a lot, mm-hmm. you know, but far as other fish getting mixed in with them fish, we never really had that. Now, when you were shrimping, you know, you would have a, a good bit of bycatch, but I had Ted's that I opened up and I was letting go 90% of my bycatch. I mean, we did. Yeah, I, I did test. But on you this still, thing. but still, like if, like for instance, if you were fishing for, like if you were commercial fishing sheephead, mm-hmm. and you were on a charter, and you caught fifteen or twenty sheephead, and you had to clean them because if guys don't have to clean them, they, you know, they they keep yeah. a lot more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I usually limit, stop at yep. twenty or thirty. As, as if I keep thirty sheephead, that's a that's a ton, and like I don't I don't really like to keep that many. Yeah, because it's just it's no just not. I mean, it's just not. It it's not really cleaning. I don't like to think it's lazy or whatever, but it's just like more than you need. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not that's not that's not the trip that I'm trying to sell. I'm not trying to sell meat halls. I'm trying to sell an experience. And if we catch our twenty, we can go look yep. for something else. You know that kind of thing. That's what I do. I sell the experience. <clears throat> you're selling the experience, right? That's kind of the idea of it. But like, if you're on a commercial boat, like you're going to catch everyone that you can. Yep. Do you feel like that? That like over the years, from what you've seen. Do you feel like that that style of fishing is more detrimental to the fishery, or do you feel like it's it's kind of whatever? Well, I mean, you got to figure it like this: when you're commercial fishing, all that fish is being used. Mm-hmm. When these people go on a meat haul, they're not going to eat unless I mean I know people that do, but fifty percent of them right. is going to waste that fish. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't know how to handle it. They, they don't, don't know, know how to handle it. it. It's yeah. going to stay in their freezer for three years, and they're mm-hmm. going to lights go out you yeah. know i mean stuff like that so that resource is it's being used it's being used yeah, yeah. you feel like it's being used yes. better in the commercial industry than what it is in like the recreational industry yeah no yeah no uh, yeah i mean i don't know man it's just like a hard thing like i think about this stuff a lot because like you know you have like in a way in a in, I've thought about this recently and I, I there's things that we that we can't explain about the environment. Like the way that fish know where to move within the seasons, mm-hmm. like how whales can just, you know, know where to show up at the exact same yeah. time. Salmon can go up the exact same river that they spawned in and lay in eggs in the exact same spot. Like we don't know how these fish do these things, you know what I mean? And like locally around here, sometimes I feel like we might be, like, part of the environment just as much as we, like, you know what I mean? And, like, maybe the environment knows how to compensate for what we're taking. Like, that might be possible. Because, like, we've been taking pogies out of the ocean over here for a long time, and they can keep doing it for year after year. So, like, is it the environment knowing how to put more back in whenever we're taking more i don't know but i can tell you that i really think that our fishery is very healthy i mean do you think that it's a lot less than what it used to be or do you think yeah i don't find that the we don't have a good trout habitat anymore i mean do you feel like a lot of that habitat is just north of us more now yeah. There's more just like saltwater, like mm-hmm. marsh and stuff. Yeah, that's what and I, I mean. Like I don't North, fish. Homa, I don't fish like Homa, North Leeville, North. all that area. That's yeah. like real marsh. Yeah, I don't know if you ever been riding through that marsh. Yeah, I don't trout fish a lot either, I, and that's one thing I want the listeners to know. Like, I like if you come with me, I just like I'm always trying to go deeper rather than and like I target reds and I target kind of other stuff. But like I don't, I don't like. I'm not like. There's some guides down here, and they get their rocks off on the trout fishing, and that's what they. That's what they do. And oh, they I get my rocks off when it's when it's hot. When it's good, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and there's some guys like you. They do it, you know, whenever. What you know, that's cool. But <clears throat> that is, uh, you know, the the trout the trout thing to me is is different because it's like there's it's weird because you can't they're smaller fish, so you got to keep more of them to justify it. You know what I mean? But it's like there's clearly more trout than redfish. You would think. But, like, you don't really know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really don't know how many fish are really there. When you pull up to a spot, you make cast after cast, you don't get a bite. Them fish might not. They might be stacked up right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, sight fishing. I don't know if you do a lot of sight fishing. Not much, honestly. I probably should do more. <laughs> I've done seen fish turn down live shrimp, dead shrimp, every color, spoon, whatever. 
and throw at it and just kind of like yeah, and go away. Wearing, yeah. And you watching all these fish. They got 20 fish in front of you, and none of them want to eat. Yeah. You're like, what? I need every one of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like fishing, you need to wait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. I don't know, man. I just wanted to pick your brain about that a little bit just because, like, it, it's not – like, I haven't talked to any, uh, like, commercial fishermen yet, like, on mm-hmm. the podcast. And it's – I've talked I, – I would say I would talk – somewhat like i've said that like one of the things that i've said just so like because i know you haven't you've told me you haven't listened to podcast but i've said that like you know there's there's uh better ways to uh sell fish like i feel like anybody that has access to the resource should be able to sell fish and i don't think that like i don't feel like i should be able to buy king crab here in mississippi I don't know why I feel that way, but it's just like that's not something that we've done for a long time. You know what I mean? Much like I don't feel like somebody should be able to eat a red snapper in Chicago just because it should be like a localized resource. It's like how long can we keep doing that and be sustainable? And like if people feel like if there's like if people feel like you can like globalize a local resource like red snapper or redfish or something like that and distribute it around the world and you know if that's sustainable for everybody around here then that's good but do you think that that's sustainable do you think that you know selling fish all all of our local fish from here to new york and everywhere else in between do you feel like that's sustainable just curious i mean like i'm not i know i'm putting you on the spot here walter i know i like i and i just want like an honest I mean, you got to think of it like this. It's like farmers. Yeah. Where all the farmers' corn go? They get distributed around the United States. It just don't stay there. Yeah. So that's the same way I think I feel with the seafood. Mm-hmm. That's farmers out there. No matter what you, how you look at them, they're farmers. Yeah. I mean. Well, and that's one of the things that I've said before. They're, fish, they're fishermen, but, I mean, in the same aspect, they're farmers. They're farming a different crop. Right. You know, a wild crop. Right, right, right. They're farming a wild crop. And that's one of the things that some people say that might the solution might be would be to like fish farming, right? Just no. like you have chicken farms and no. no. Why fish would fish farming that if you, if you read up so with the shrimp farming and all that other stuff. So that's what killed this shrimping industry down here. This shrimping industry is dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 dead because of shrimp farming. What so, happened? I've never heard that before. So the shrimp farming over there, USA imports shrimp here. And it's supposed to be cheaper to take a shrimp from China and put it on a refrigerated uh, cargo box, put it on a ship, send it all the way here, and get it to the store right here in Port Sulphur. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be cheaper than getting it, driving five miles down the road right there and grabbing shrimp from there and putting it in your store. How is that? That's how, crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think it that's crazy too. Like in Venice Marina, sometimes you'll, like, they'll get their shrimp, like their shrimp can't coming off these boats. Like, yeah. Like from down here. Because you get the shrimp, like you know what it is. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> You see, I think they tried to do the fish farming with the snappers. They was mm-hmm. going to put the big pins out there. Yeah. 
And I think they shut that down. But farming fish is not good because then they start feeding all these antibiotics. Yeah, it's not start, as good for you. It's, it's not, not as good natural. as the food. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just like store bought chicken though. Store bought chicken's not as good as like if oh, you were no. to raise them around oh, here. Oh yeah, or whatever. you get a suck of fat and eat them. Yeah, <laughs> see my luck, I had with chickens. Yeah, yeah, they got ate before I got to eat them. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I guess it seems like with the progression of humans and like where we've come over the last hundred years, like w- like fishing has evolved. Like we've gotten way better. Like way 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 Mm -hmm. better at fishing than when we have in the past hundred years and it's like i just wonder if it's going to be like you know miami florida eventually if as time goes on do you feel like our fishery if we keep taking from it will ever get to that or you feel or you think that like i think it needs to be regulated more i mean yeah yeah but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't like to be too negative on it because, I, like I said, I think that we yeah. have a great fishery. We have a great meat. fishery, like, but, I mean, how long does that great fishery last? Yeah, no. And that's and that, But I, I really do believe that things like me and you are doing right now, like talking mm-hmm. and hearing, like, two people talk about conservation and, like, what just being a good person out on the water. It's like, you know, like, what, what motive do you have for being out there? You know, because, like, commercial fishermen – their motive is to make money. You know what I mean? Right. That's like why you're out there. We're out there to have a good time and, you know, have a have a meal at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what I that's what I want to sell. And so I do think that like if people can kind of separate their egos from what they're catching and that kind of stuff, that that's kinda how we could help conservation. Oh, yeah. If you're having forward. a bad day and you're not catching fish or whatever. You gotta click on your entertainment mode. <laughs> you know what I mean. You gotta you gotta talk to these people. You know you gotta just make the. You gotta have fun. You gotta man. have fun with it. Yeah. And then once they start loosening up and everything, and they like, we understand, Cap. We hear everybody talking on the radio that it's bad. Yeah, and you that's know? usually how it is. Yeah. Most of the time, like if it's bad for you, and it's I'm like, these people are spread people. out from way around us. You yeah. know, it just is not right here. Yeah. They are. Miles and miles and miles. Crack the away. beer open and Crack turn the, the beer in. open. Look, you ain't at work. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Some of the, I will say, some of the, for me, you know, like, at, you know, after you've caught so many fish and a lot of your trips aren't that much different from another one, like, that's fun too. But sometimes, whenever the bite's not extremely hot or extremely slow, those are you know, like your best trips because you're still able to, like, like talk with the people. Yeah, like get today, to the one I, the ones I had today, that was great. I yeah. mean, we caught our. It was two people. We had our ten fish. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't fast and furious. Right. It was like you go to one spot, you catch two or three. It's right almost better bat, like that, isn't it? And then you wait around for an hour for another one to bite, and another one don't bite. Yeah. And you go to another spot, pull up, boom, pop one on the head, and you're like, hell yeah, here they are. Yeah. Another 35 minutes later, you still watch them paint dry. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the other spot, catch another two. Yeah. And then you find a good bite, then a ship runs you off. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had some <laughs> ships run me off today. Go. I looked at that. I looked down the river. They had a container ship coming. Mm-hmm. I remember that one, And too. I could I could just see the containers coming. I said, all right, we got about 10 minutes, maybe eight and a half. 
<laughs> I said, catch me three more, please, please. These are container ships moving up the Mississippi yeah, River, guys. big ones. You get out <laughs> the way. Just, just go. Uh, when it made the turn, I could see the, the white water breaking behind it. Oh, dude, it was nuts. Ship. I said, I all right, <laughs> you got about another six minutes. <laughs> all right, let's go. And went, went hitting a little cut. Mm-hmm. Let it pass by and. They went yeah. to bite. They went, yeah. Dude, <laughs> it's crazy how sometimes those, like, some ships are, like, no wake at all, and then some ships are, like, giant wakes, like, ginormous. Like, that one today, dude, that thing was huge. Man, it looked like a – one of my customers took out his phone and started filming it because where we were at, that wave was curling, and it was like it was like a small tsunami going up on the shore. <laughs> it was crazy. I, was, I looked at that wave, and I was like, oh, guys, y'all got to reel in. We're going to get washed up right here. Well, you remember about – I think it was – Two, three years ago, the boat that flipped, maybe more than that, that flipped in Southwest Pass with the ship. Yeah, I think I do remember hearing about that. All right, that's a good friend and a customer of mine, Jimmy. Really? So this is how I met Jimmy. Well, we heard it on the radio about a boat flipping that day or whatever. Then we had the marina eating, and we see the Coast Guard pulling in a, a skeeter. And we're mm-hmm. like, damn, that must have been the boat that flipped, you know, whatever. Forgot all about it, whatever couple months go by, I get a phone call. Yes, this is Walter. Yeah, he said, hey, you know, blah, 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 I want to book a trip, blah, 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 blah. He says, we're probably pretty famous down there. It was probably on the front page of the newspaper. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what y'all did? He's like, yeah, we rolled that boat in the river. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, wow, that's y'all? So, whatever. But it's what happened. They said they seen the, they was fishing in the dikes. Mm-hmm. They seen the wave coming. The wave wasn't nothing but you know, small one, small right? wave coming. They seen it when that wave hit that cliff in that dike. He said it went from small to extra large, and like Hawaii Five though curled them, rolled the boat. Holy cow! I think they said they lost their only trout they caught that day or something. Hawaii good Five rolled them. Oh yeah. <laughs> rolled them <laughs> but yeah jimmy matter of fact he just bought a houseboat in the venice marina so really well if anybody needs a place to stay i don't know the name of it but yeah are you pretty booked right now for the year well yeah next month next pretty month booked. pretty booked you pretty much book like a month month two months out somewhere no uh i book it just depends. Yeah. Well, I just want to like tell tell everybody like the best times to come fishing with you when you like to like if if you did want to tell get it out there. October, November, springtime. Springtime's good. Not hot time. Hot time, yeah. No. <laughs> not hot time. <laughs> hot time's too hot. Oh man. What is uh? What is one of your mo- more like uh, memorable catches that you would like to talk about? We'll we'll wrap this thing up right after this story. If you got one or two, you want to share us well, something that's like your prize, like. Well, I did have a two o eight tuna last year. Oh yeah, you caught that with Richard and Luke, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Richard Draper. He's one of the Mexican gold fishing captains. Yeah. yeah. So. uh we was catching smaller fish all that day, and we had a marlin blow up right behind the boat. Poof, like a violent blow up. Hit a tuna, blood everywhere. Really? And then, like, rod went off. 
peeling and it's running straight like on the top of the water. Wow. So they're like, oh, it's a marlin, it's a marlin. They're like, who wants it? And nobody took it. So I'm like, I want it. <laughs> Strap me in. I think we fought it for 45 minutes. And what was it, the deal, though? Was that like your clients and they wanted you to come mm-hmm. offshore with them? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's the same ones I had that I went that fished the cane pole rodeo. With oh, me. really? Oh, that's cool. So I strapped up, I think, 45 minutes, and it started it started pinwheeling underneath the boat like that, and they're like, that ain't a marlin. Can't be a marlin. <laughs> you know, so we see the sickles, and the sickles – are just like huge like going back to the tail and luke's like holy shit like what's that noise that's one of the cameras going uh, okay yeah luke's like he thinks this is kyla going off <laughs> that's why he took off yeah, you're good. You can so back. luke's like holy shit so they get the harpoon and everything out and i think we get it in the boat and i think that was the biggest tuna that draper put in that boat was it yeah Really, two oh eight, and ev- and it was, it was weird too because everybody all that week was bringing in you know them, them nice fatties you know hundred pounds and shit like that, and it's in the middle of the summertime. Yeah, you just got and lucky. All of a sudden, we just bring this freaking <laughs> whopper in. Man, if they're supposed to die, they're supposed to die. Like it, yeah. If it's your day, it's your day, yeah. man. It's that's what I've learned. I don't remember too much of it because I got drunk after. I think we celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all had a good old time, huh? Oh yeah. Man, would you say that like you uh like you're pretty good friends with most of your clients or do you feel mm-hmm. like yeah, you get mostly repeat business? Yeah, I I've, I've made some really 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 good friends. Yeah. Through through this chartering. I met yeah. some really good people. Got to do some cool ass shit already man you, know? you do you you get out there man that's one thing i like to do too yeah, is i, I mean, like to travel I like to go, go play go places. i just want to see shit yeah i, I mean i want to go hunting yeah let's go hunting yeah but guess what if we don't kill nothing i've seen this place it's yeah. pretty cool yeah and yeah. that's one less thing we got to do when we get back we ain't clean <laughs> you know that and too that's one of the things i always feel like makes you a better guy is whenever you go somewhere else and you see what you appreciate whenever mm-hmm. you go somewhere else and you can kind of provide that for the people yep. that are come with you, you know, that's one of the things. Self in people's shoes yeah. every day. Yeah, 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 man. And like I'll say too, one of my favorite parts, probably my favorite part about this job is meeting all the people like that you get to meet. Like, yeah, there's not there's not too many jobs where you get to like really have like kind of like a a like a a fun time with and get to know so many different yeah. people. You know what I mean? Like on that, on that level, it's like, really cool. You get some people like, Oh, you took so-and-so fishing. Yeah. 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 You know, like, yeah. <laughs> we oh, you took Gordon Ramsay nutra hunting. <laughs> yeah. I fed him nutra out in the middle of the marsh too. <laughs> out of a thermos. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm, I wasn't starstruck or nothing, you know, with, with none of that. I'm I'm not like that. You're, you're just, just who a, you are. You're yeah. just a, another regular person. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You're freaking Gordon Ramsay and shit, but you're just another person. <laughs> and that's how, how was I, he? He was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. He so what was the deal with that? He had to come down here. He wanted mm-hmm. to kind of get to know down here. And, yeah, and they did like a that. whole thing where they went. I think they went bow fishing in Lafitte. They went fishing out in the islands. Um and then they came to me, and we did the nutra hunt. Oh, okay. That's cool. And uh, it was pretty damn cool. <laughs> did he yell at you? Uh-uh. <laughs> That's what I told him. I said, uh, 
you know, after the day was going on. I would on, feel like, like I would want it. Like, you can't yell at me? Yeah, just a just little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Give me a little bit. You know? Like, pussy, come on. <laughs> but it was like, uh, shit, what I was going to say. I don't know. But, yeah, y'all, so y'all went and got, the, like, the Nutria and – and he cooked it and everything the way that no, he cooked it was cooked good. It. Your mom cooked my it? My mom cooked it the night did, before. Did, did he like it? I never oh, saw yeah. it, man. I never saw it. I look saw up, like a little clip look of up it. Uncharted. Uh, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, Venice, Louisiana. Yeah. You'll find it. That's how people can find uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. What is it called again? Uh, it's Uncharted. It's Uncharted. on Geo. Oh, okay. But if you go on YouTube, you just type in Uncharted, Nutra, Venice, yeah. Gordon Ramsay. It'll come up? It'll come up. That's pretty You'll cool. find it. And you do a lot of that kind of stuff, like uh, like nutria hunts and hog mm-hmm. hunts and all that kind yep. of stuff. Like you kind of you kind of just do it all down we here. We do now. it out the airboat. We do duck hunts, nutria hunts, hog hunts. Right. You and then fishing some, all in between all yeah. that. Huh? You want to go do some hood rat shit? We'll go do some hood rat <laughs> shit. You but, also do like uh, crawfishing too, huh? You sell crawfish Yeah, well, too? the crawfish depends on your river. Mm-hmm. So if you got a high, high river, you're gonna have crawfish. Right now, it's all I got is filler crabs. Mm. <laughs> I got you. Nobody wants to boil filler crabs. <laughs> it just but so like some years is better than others, kind of thing. Well, uh, for the COVID is when I discovered the crawfish. Like they real, I knew there was crawfish there from when I would hunt because mm-hmm. I I own land on south of the jump. On oh the river really? Bank. Yeah. Wow. So I would be walking on that land and come across pig roots, and there's crawfish sitting in them with their claws up like that. You know, for years I would do that. I'm like, you know, there's probably some crawfish around here. So COVID hit, fishing shut down, boom, come to a stop. And I borrowed like 20 traps from a friend of mine mm-hmm. and uh, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know where to go set them, didn't know shit about it. He kind of told me it, a crash course of what to do went out there called him up like the next day or the day after i'm like hey i had a sack of crawfish in these traps is that good or bad he said you better go buy more traps he said you want a gold mine because <laughs> the water was still cold it wasn't time for crawfish yet mm. so by the time it was over with we had somewhere around 200 250 traps Holy Some cow. days we would have 30 and 40 sack days, 50 sack days. Mm-hmm. And this is packed sacks. And this is going through a grader. I don't know how many sacks we done threw away today. Right. You know what I mean? The shit that goes through mm-hmm. the grader. This is all select number one cob crawfish coming out of there. Yeah, man. I remember I had and them. You, you were selling them to the marina, man. And I, dude, I love those crawfish. They I was like good. the neighborhood drug dealer with crawfish. <laughs> Yeah, you were I'd a crawfish wait, guy. I, I would leave crawfish in a in a big cooler I had in the back, and I'd wake up with money in my gas tank and shit <laughs> like that. Like, people's like, hey, I need a sack of crawfish, but in the back of my truck, go get one. <laughs> Console stuff with money. <laughs> like the neighborhood drug dealer with crawfish. <laughs> That's funny, man. A person would get a sack, and an hour later, hey, man, you got another sack? Right, right. Yeah, I got another sack. All right. But you really think it's just like a matter of the conditions getting right? Yeah, I mean, that? your water, you got to have a 17-foot river, 16-foot river. Yeah. That's what, like, I wonder about, like, other things with the fish is, like, if, 
so many things are condition based and some years things are bad. I mean, redfish are always here, right? They live here, whatever. But like, you know, like mahi are some years better than others. And, and like, I mean, triple tail aren't here all year. Kobe aren't here all year. It's like, you know, some years they're just better than others. And yep. Sometimes. Can't really point it at one thing or two things. But, um, yeah, man, we're kind of getting towards the the end. We're called, dude. We did this thing for an hour already. Holy I feel like shit. an hour. <laughs> I only had two drinks. <laughs> well, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Um, but if you want to tell people where they can reach you on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that, yeah, look me up, Walter Heathcock. That's Walter Heathcock. H e a t h, Cock. <laughs> and guys, I will say, if you guys like, look him up. Whatever if you want to have kind of a. A different experience. I feel like Walter always does that. He's got a, a hell of a, a personality. Have a good time on a boat. It's not something that all guys can hang their hat on around here. <laughs> but I, I definitely have a good that. time, and I got a tea top. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will say, but I just ordered my new boat a couple of days ago. Shout out top. to Furlands Marine. Just ordered a new boat. Getting a t- yeah, yeah. I won't. I don't know if I'm gonna say what it is yet, but yeah, I got a tea top on it. <laughs> It's gonna be awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, 26. We're getting. I'm getting a 26 blue wave, man. Oh, nice boat. What you think about that? Have you seen them? No, oh yeah. Yeah. With twin 200s on it, please. No, I went with the single, man. Ooh. I went the single. I'm not sure I what kind. I want one with yet. twin 200s. Really? Give me. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be going on them good calm days. Man, I'll go hit them rigs. Man, there's still time to change. I might. I don't know. Hey, the 200s are probably. I looked up the light, the the weight difference. The two hundred is just a little bit more heavier than a three fifty, I think. Yeah. Not much at all. Yeah, I've seen it. And you got to figure two motors. You're gonna get better fuel economy. Yeah. You break down. You're gonna get on top with that two hundred. You should. Yeah. This is double props, double maintenance. I don't know. Thought about if that I get stuff one, too. If if they send me one down here, I'm gonna get one with wins you might make yeah, me that, rethink that man yeah, I don't know. That, i've had other people make me want to rethink is there anybody, it anybody any blue wave people listen to this oh i'm oh yeah i'm sure oh, there are. oh yeah you hear that huh <laughs> I, have, I have one with two motors blue on. wave hook them up hook them yeah. up blue wave <laughs> show you a whole nother thing <laughs> you'll show them a whole nother thing of what's out here yep <laughs> all right guys well I appreciate it, Walter, and, uh, man, I uh, look forward to maybe doing this in the future, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate the drink. Yeah, man. Shout out to Yellowfin Vodka for uh, keeping us fueled this entire time. Thank you, man. Thanks, Jameson. It was awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. We're out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Tunatown Talks. Also, if you'd like to book a charter with me, you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com. That's Mexican Gulf website, where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water.